This time I'm gunning for the boss. Gamers and famous musicians have this complaint in common. The fans are way too noisy. Welcome home. For the uninitiated, fans are way too noisy is a midnight soiree with two Brits who have managed to wangle their way into the RPG era website crew. My name is Sev and my co-host is Viz. Good evening. How's it going, dude? Alright, it's been a long day. A long it day. has. <laughs> you were up early, weren't you? Yeah, I, I was up at half five this morning, about yesterday morning. You didn't take a daytime nap, did you? I tried to, but it just it did. It just didn't happen. I had too much to do when I got back home. Good. I feel for you. I feel for you. I really do. So, how about you? How's your day been? It's been a long day. Um, I'm full of belly, and my legs feel like jelly. Uh, and I know you are full of calzone. I think I think we're good to go, aren't we? Yeah. No, no salivating tonight because I'll, I'll get fat. <laughs> 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 you already fall. Fair enough. Let's get to some <laughs> trash talk. And this week, we're going to do Stray. Uh, do you want to take the lead on this one? Uh, I can do if you want. So, what what can't you say about Stray? I've, I've played this. I've completed it. I've played it over and over again. Uh, it took me longer to complete it than you. So what was your final time? I can't remember what you said it was. Uh, four hours, six minutes, I believe. Yeah, so mine was seven hours and seven minutes, and I think the reason it took me so long is because I was just spending a lot of time in the areas, trying to find everything and collect everything. But by the end of the game, I still missed like five um, memories and three badges. See, I got, I thought I had like seventy percent, seventy percent of the collectibles. Because uh, I got like seventy percent of the memories, but I didn't realise that there was the badges are kind of included in the collectibles as well. So yeah, they are. They're not. They're. I think it's just seventy percent of the memories that you you probably completed. But there's also yeah, yeah. There's so much more in the game than what you originally expect. Um, like with the badges, you have to actually traverse. Like one of the badges, you have to actually traverse up an alley onto the vents, like going over loads of different walkways, and then you come to this little crack opening, like um, a prison jail cell. You jump in through the prison jail cell, and there's like a, a dead robot in there. Okay. And you pick up a badge from him, and that's one of the badges. Like, he's in one of the cells in the police station, which is like four stories below. What are your overall takeaways from the game? Like, what are the, what are the aspects that you did enjoy? What are the aspects that you didn't enjoy? I enjoyed the whole aspect of the game, in all honesty. Um, it's great with the, the cyberpunk neon lights, the the cyberpunk aesthetic, and you're playing as a cat in a open world aspect. And I, I did enjoy the game. I think a few nicky bits with like the, the movement and having yeah. to move slightly to be able to jump to the next area because if you're not in the not facing completely the right di- uh, completely the right direction you have to move slightly to be able to get that notification that you can jump up yeah so you know, i know originally um, when you told me there was no dedicated like jump button i was a bit iffy on it like i think i kind of swing the other ways like once i started playing the game i understood why there was no dedicated jump button like everywhere that you think yeah. you should be able to jump there is the ability to jump to um, but then everywhere else, it's just if you can't jump up there, then it's needless for you to try and jump up there constantly and wonder why you're not able to do it. Yeah. So I, I, the mechanics of the game, I think they worked really well um, with the the movement and jumping around. The whole 
the aspect of the meowing and it lights up the area where you need to go. I don't know if you noticed that when you're playing the game. No, I did not. Oh, well, if you meow, it tells you where to go, yeah. Sort of. So, do you know the neon lights? Yeah. Yeah, so if, you, if you're if you unsure where to go, if you meow, then the neon lights flicker. Oh, okay. No, I didn't pick up on that Within the area. <laughs> yeah, so it gives you a, a slight idea of where you need to go because there is, like, one of the trophies are in the game because this is on PlayStation and Steam because it's a, an exclusive. Um... When you press circle to meow, there's a trophy for doing it a hundred times, and I, after playing it for so long, I realised why that button is there uh, okay. because you need that aesthetic in the game to be able to press circle if you're unsure of the direct, like especially when you get to a big town or which direction you need to go. So the neon lights in the towns flicker to give you a brief idea of where which direction you need to go in. Nice, nice. So like, I. I definitely enjoyed this game. I definitely enjoyed the experience of this game. But due to the fact that it was, as I said, I, f- I finished it in four hours. You finished it, what, like seven hours, did a clean-up, and then did a run-through. You you got the platinum, haven't you? Just the, the trophy for beat it in under two hours. What time did you get? Yeah, I did the speed run. That was my last trophy to do, so I made sure I got all the memories, all the collectibles, because it's got a chapter select after the game. So yeah. you can go back into your original game and just go to the chapters and replay them over and over. Because I've done that so many times, I'm used to what I needed to do. And I did the speed run in approximately an hour and 30 minutes. Nice, nice. Not bad. So yeah, as I say, like I, I did enjoy this game. I valued the experience I had with it. Like The novelty of being a cat never actually wore off. But I kind of feel like now I've done it and now I'm like a few days removed from it. Like The buzz is not there for me anymore. If you get me, I kind of just... I understand that, I kind yeah. of like, yeah, it was a nice experience, but now that it's over, it's very much over. I'm not really going to look back at it and think that it's not going to be in my Game of the Year contendership. It's not going to be in, like, oh, that was a great game. I can't wait to play it again one day. Um, so my personal opinion is that, like, I think for the, anyone who played it on PlayStation Plus, the, in the tier system, that it was, like was very much worth getting the tier system to experience this but the the price tag on steam i think is like 30 dollars which equates to about 25 pound i don't necessarily is that how much yeah it was? i don't wow. necessarily think that 25 pound what can what can essentially be over in about four hours is necessarily worth it no i think it essentially i think this game could have been a lot more i think it was hyped up more than what it should have been uh, there was a lot of hype, a lot of anticipation for this game, and for it to come out and be such a small experience. I think I do feel there could have been a lot more with it. Like there's a lot of areas which you can't go into. Yeah, yeah. As a lockdown, and I would hope they're thinking of an expansion for it. And I did read today. I don't know if you saw it at all, Sev. Um, they've actually done two-player co-op. They've added that to it. Okay, no. So I've not seen that. Um... All I've seen on it so far is like um, they've managed to mod the meow to make the Jason sound from what I believe is uh, yeah. was it Heavy Rain? Jason! Uh, it's what I believe that yes. is. And then I've also seen another mod where it turns the cat into Garfield um, so he's very <laughs> chunky, uh, which is really fucking cool to be fair. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're, they're obviously Steam mods. They're not stuff yeah, you can get on the yeah. PlayStation. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, I did read a review today They've actually uh, done an update on it, and it's got two-player script uh, split screen, 
So if you've still got your PlayStation tier at the moment, you might be able to play it with tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. That's fair, honey. Like, he played, uh, like, 30 minutes of it the other day, um, and he's probably going to yeah. play some more of it when I when I see him tomorrow. So um, if it's got two-player, then maybe, yeah, we might do some two-player stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure of the update. It's just uh, it came up briefly on one of my um, uplinks that I've got subscribed to. I forgot to copy and paste it and put it into the Discord. But I did thoroughly enjoy this game. Um, the aspect of being a cat, as you said, it did not wear off. Um, but I do feel there could be a lot more in it. And I do hope there is a lot more to come from this game to give a bigger experience of what it actually has given to us. Because it's got a lot deeper meaning within the game, not just the aspect of playing as a cat in a ascetic cyberpunk yeah. world run by robots but I think there's a lot more that could be told yeah I mean if this game was like a 20 hour game and there were like a week and a half later we were still still talking about it, like oh I found this little area or I did this little thing um, then I'm sure I'd be much higher on this than I am but yeah as I said as soon as I blasted I blasted through it in like literally one sitting uh, one evening yeah um, and then it was it was done for me so I think I'll probably, I might go back back to it next year and put it on my game challenge because I can do it on the PS4 there. Oh yeah, it's definitely one for the game challenge, isn't it? It's definitely one that we could just, uh, <laughs> as I said, do it in an afternoon, bump up the numbers. Yeah. But yeah, if you want it, if you want an in-depth review, then uh, Brian from RPG Era has posted his review on the uh, new Spangled RPG Era website. So uh, please go check that out. It's a really nice read. While you're there, you can also see some other great game reviews and some podcasts that you may have missed. We're, we're, we are on there, but uh, <laughs> I think I can hear something. Can you hear that, Viz? I can hear that. <laughs> Everyone knows what it is. It's the hype train. Choo, choo, choo. choo. So we were going to start with FIFA 23, but I don't think it's got the legs to stand on. But It's a goal, Sev! It's Chloe, Child of the Forest. <laughs> nice, what a screamer. <laughs> definitely this game is on kickstarter and this is what i'm bringing forward first this week this looks absolutely fucking brilliant and looking at what it they're saying on the website it's not going to be actually be released till quarter four in 2023 so with it being kickstarter that's very understandable but this game has got a very nice pixel art to it the music is outstanding it reminds me it's got the gameplay of children of mortar yeah uh, in type ways, and it's also got the the drift from Hyperlight Drifter. So I think it's kind of like incorporated the two different games there. And mm. um, like looking at it, so if you're watching the Chloe Child of the Forest reveal trailer, it, this is a new action adventure game inspired by Studio Ghibli. Studio Ghibli, yeah, the I'm, legends yeah. of uh, Japanese animation, yeah. Uh, developed by Wildpad Games, so. Chloe, Child of the Forest, features beautiful natural scenery and a fast-paced combat. And look, just looking through this trailer, it is really nice. You're dodging boulders. You're, it has got that fast-paced combat. You've got a bow and arrow, which you can use. Um, you use the bow and arrow to shoot a bell, uh, which like unlocks a bridge, like brings up stones either side of you, so you can then move across the bridge. Uh, you can then use your sword attack to whack a massive bomb across the water into a, a wall and it explodes and opens up a new area. 
Um, there's so many aspects in this game that I just want to like jump into right now, and it's just a shame that it's not going to be coming until next year. Yeah, and as you said, it is a Kickstarter, uh, Kickstarter funded thing, so there's no guarantee that it will get funded on Kickstarter. But it's a game that looks so beautiful that I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate to expect that another company would pick it up, whether it be like Eleven um, Bit Studios or Devolver or someone of that ilk. Um, if this date, if this game doesn't get funded, then there's a very, very high chance that a publisher will pick it up and uh, take it to release. So I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, it does look, it does look very beautiful. I, I want this to come tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you brought first this week? So I brought first this week a game that, uh, a game that I'm very hyped for, and anyone who listened to Max Level will know that this won the Thunderdome, and Seb has managed to get JRPGs to win the Thunderdome for the two Thunderdomes that he's been on. Uh, we'll <laughs> see if we can do that for the third time running when he's on the next one. But this is Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero, which is a sequel to Trails of the Cold, Trails of Cold Steel, um, and it was previously it's previously a game that never came out over here. So it is an older game being sort of like remade that we never got over here. So I'm really excited for it because the the Trails of Cold Steel I think is about 14 games long now, and they are they are very very big games and they're very never narrative heavy games. But they're like one of the best games for world building. Like they put so much into the storytelling, you kind of you feel the whole world around you. It feels like a living breathing world because it's not just I'm a hero on this quest. It's like, oh, there's things happening over over in this other country which affect what's going on over here. And that's like, um, Trails of Cold Steel happens in a place called Erebonia. And I believe the Trails from Zero is a place, uh, it's known as the Crossbell Arc. But the Crossbell Arc is happening side by side with what's going on in Erebonia. So like these, all these sort of stories they, they meld together like they're all part of one big cohesive narrative, which is really nice. Trails of Cold Steel is was on the Vita and the PS3, and now it's on the PS4, and it's very much 3D, whereas Trails from Zero is uh, 2D, 16-bit, looks very much like SNES game, uh, SNES game art style, pixel art. So it's like the trailer we got most recently, the one I'm referring to now, is the one that shows off all the combat. What's really nice is that the combat looks exactly the same as Trails from Cold Steel, just in a 16-bit aesthetic. So you see all the monsters that we're used to in 3D animation, but just now in like 16-bit sprites, which is really nice. Uh, and all the characters, main characters you play, at, play as, are all 16-bit as well. They're all little, little sprites. It just looks so beautiful. I cannot wait for this game. I think September 29th is when it's coming out. Um, I've got a week booked off from work, and I'm gonna do nothing but play Trials from Zero when that comes. So yeah, I know you've definitely been hyped about this. You've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, if I didn't have a time cap on this uh, on this segment, I could probably just ramble about it for about 45 minutes. But I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I'm now gonna pass it over to you. What's the next trailer you've got, Viz? So the next trailer I'm bringing in is No More Heroes Free. So this this game was actually released on the Switch in August 27th, 2021. Yep. So, 14 months after its release, it's now... It was actually saying that, sorry, my apologies. Uh, it was then released on PC on the 20th of the 7th, 22. 
and it's now only just coming to the PlayStation, PS5, Xbox on October the 11th this <coughs> year. So just a quick synopsis on this game. Listen up, Earthlings, aliens. The galactic superhero ranking members are coming to conquer, rise above the insanity and climb through the ranks with Travis. Touchdown when No More Heroes 3 launches this year. So this game looks absolutely fucking crazy. <laughs> it does. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's, there's just so much randomised characters within the game. It just looks like you've thrown up all of Cartoon Network and <laughs> they've, it's just all jumbled up together, but it looks brilliant. Uh, and like looking through the trailer when you're playing as Travis, like the combat is really fast. It's really fast combat. It's... Um, I can't think of the word now, but you're using like a... A galactic sword, and there's at one point in the in the trailer where he's trying to charge up the sword, but it looks like he's yeah 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 <laughs> looks like um, he's yeah 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 that motion yeah we know what that is uh, just doing that motion it's like literally between his legs and it, it's very much very over exaggerated <laughs> yeah um, so yeah the game just looks absolutely stop bollock crazy. Um, I think it's it's going to be a lot of fun. It's something I may pick up just to see what it's going to be like. So I've not played the other two or, or even seen the other two, but this is something that's like strikes my interest because it just reminds me of like a slightly thrown up version of Saints Row. Yeah. So I, I did. I think I did play uh, No More Heroes two when that got like re uh, got ported to the PS three. Uh, and I did have a lot of fun with that. But yeah, as you say, it's very much, um, it's just wackiness all over. And like, you can read reviews. I don't know what the reviews were for it when it hit Switch. But you, there's some games where you can like, you can read the reviews and kind of get a feel for it. But because it's so wacky, like, you're never going to, you're not going to experience all the craziness that's in it unless you actually play it. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hyped for this. <laughs> yes, it's it's just really flamboyant. I think that's a, the better way to express it. Flamboyant, thrown up cartoon network. <laughs> it does look a lot of fun, so it's it's something I'm going to keep an eye out for. Nice. So then, uh, finally, the last game I wanted to bring is a game that's coming to Game Pass. I believe it's coming to Game Pass on August 22nd. And that's a game known as Midnight Fight Express. And this looks very much like Sifu. This is one I had high in the Thunderdome, but did get knocked out. I think Brian knocked out at maybe like 19 or something. Okay. Um, game. Yeah, third-person brawler game, but there's loads of like objects you can pick up. Like you can pick up frying, I think you can pick up frying pan, you pick up chair, you can like you fire in like machine guns. It shows like levels that are set on uh, like hover boats or speed boats and stuff like that. But the trailer we got released this week was a, a motion capture trailer. Yeah. Um, so this motion capture team in America, uh, they were apparently like they wanted to they wanted to work on this game but could never like manage to get hold of the guy making this game who was a guy from Poland. Um, and then at some point like the guy from Poland just happened to reach out to this mocap team and when they realised who who they were, they like jumped straight on board. So we see like in this trailer that there's I think they were saying they were doing like 200 odd scenes a day uh, wow. which is like different fight styles and different like um, just being like kicked in the face and moving to the left or like doing jumps and spins and like and they did all this stuff like during 
COVID and during the pandemic, they did it all across the internet. So the guy in Poland was just like sat watching his computer, watching these people fight and then talking to them. And that's how they've done it through the whole thing. But the guy, the motion capture guy, does say there's like 41 levels in it or something. So I'm hoping like the levels are only like a couple of minutes long. This only like increased my anticipation for this game. Like I think this looks really cool. I'm definitely excited to play yeah, it. Unfortunately, this is actually the first I've seen of this um, yesterday and today. Um, yeah. yeah, it does remind me very much of Sifu, but Sifu is more um, a side scroller. But this is more of a top down. It seems to be more a little bit more of an open world to it. Yeah, yeah the camera is very is very much higher up than what the Sifu camera. Is. Yeah, I did read in the trailer they've actually got the stuntman of God of War twenty eighteen in it as well. Okay, nice. Um, so that that's incorporated within the games. That's pretty cool. They've got the stuntman from God of War in there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm hyped for this. It does look pretty cool. Yeah. So I think this is one, um, as, as we mentioned before, the RPG era website is now back up and running and the first new review was Brian's um, stray review. But I've been tasked with uh, trying my hand at a few reviews and uh, Midnight Fight Express is a review that I'm going to do. So, so once that comes out, check the website. I'm sure I'll mention it on this podcast, but yeah, check the website. You should have my full rundown of what it's like. It's something we have to all keep out for. Keep a lookout for. Nice. So now it's time for the OCR. This is where we send this to Review City for boots on the ground, live coverage, or recent releases. And we've got three three games today, and we're going to start with Alive Alive, which I've got an eighty-one. Live Alive has moved up in the scales. It's now gone to eighty-two. Okay. So it's now at eighty-five critics recommend. It has 41 reviews. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. So there's quite a few people out there playing it. And they're really good reviews. We've got a 10 out of 10. Uh, 4 out of 5. 90 out of 100. 8 out of 10. 9 out of 10. 8 out of 10. 9 out of 10. Uh, one of them's given a recommended. 7 out of 10. Ooh, that's the lowest one so far. Yeah. 9 out of 10. Unscored. Uh, 8, 8, 80... Eight, eighty, nine, eight. Uh, they're all. I can't go through all forty-one of them. So, yeah, yeah. Um, let's have a look. IGN giving it a nine out of ten. Where's the one that uh, unscored? So this is from Chris Canardi from Polygon. Okay. Uh, but most importantly, Live and Live feels biblical in its attempt to, and my page has just disappeared. <laughs> Technical difficulties, bear with me. Uh, but most importantly, Love Alive feels biblical in its attempt to tie all of human history into one narrative. But as much as Love Alive admirably tries to tell a story as vast as any game has ever told time and time again, its characters are too flimsy to hold the weight. Okay. Well, okay. So let's, let's hit that, the, the one that hit the 10 out of 10. What's that saying? So 10 out of 10 is from Cubed Free. From the writer Sandy Kirshner-Wilson. The intriguing and unique premise of Live Alive is a genuine hook for players from all walks of life. This game not only has a fantasy story worthy of a SNES-era square game, but it also treads an extremely up-to-date line with its cool, turn-based combat and choice morality systems. Players will be blown away by the content on show in this awesome RPG and it cannot be recommended enough. 
a great game turned masterpiece with its fantastic remake. See, that's a fantastic review. Yeah, that's a very praising review. And it is Live Live is a game that we never got over here. So um, to hear a review like that, that uh, praises it well. Like, it's got mm-hmm. turn-based combat. Um, it's got SNES graphics. Like, yeah, I'm so tempted to pick this one up. I'm really tempted to pick this up. I wasn't 100% sure of it when we first reviewed this um, a couple of weeks ago. But it, it, it is something that I'm really interested in getting. Uh, I've got another one here, 9 out of 100. As a love letter to JRPGs, Live and Live is a game that no fan of this game should miss. The remake makes masterful use of HD 2D, bringing new life to the game from almost 30 years ago. So that really makes me want to pick this game up. Yeah, I've just got to wait. I get paid on Friday, so not this Friday, next Friday. So it might be one I have to get them before it uh, disappears. Yeah, definitely. So, overall, great review for this at the moment. Yeah, Alive Alive is alive and well. Next up is Help I, which uh, time of post was at a 70. It is still at a 70, unfortunately. Beautiful. For me, anyway. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> so, it has got 40% critics recommend. It's 70 uh, 70 top critic average and it's only got five reviews so we have a 9 out of 10 9 out of 10 60 out of 100, 6 out of 10 7 out of 10 so I think it's those two 60s there that are going to give it away Hellpie is a vile platformer that struggles to nail the landing certain segments being with ingenuity to create some fun and exciting moments however an array of bugs, inconsistent mechanics, and an overall lack of polish make the game a lackluster experience. It's great to see 3D platforms aimed at an older audience, and even though it does manage to stir that feeling of nostalgia, it relies too heavily on games of the era which make Hellpie feel dated. Ooh. So that kind of like puts me off. Like yeah, yeah. The, the mechanics and the overall lack of polish, uh, the bugs, inconsistency... I thought this game looked pretty cool looking at the trailer for it but with the people that are playing it. Does yeah. it look good? So, um, I'm currently getting a lot of flack in the Discord about the fact that I said I didn't like... When I when I knocked this game out of the Thunderdome, it was because I didn't like crass humour. Um, yeah. But there is a certain element of, like, humour's got to be funny and you've got to, like, like, stark, abrupt chaos or stark, abrupt, like, humour comes out of left field and it is funny to me this game just looked like oh it's someone's pooped their pants and we're gonna yeah. chase them around it's just like <laughs> yeah that is that is crass but it's do you know what i mean it's not inherently funny pooping pooping yourself isn't inherently funny like you've got to make it funny um so i didn't gel with the humor of this game yeah but it, it obviously doesn't gel with anybody um Everybody, sorry. But it's got some mixed reviews. I was just about to say, uh, God of Geek, uh, God is a Geek and Game's Finest have both given them a 9 out of 10. Yeah, so let's hear from one of them. I wanna, I'm interested to see why they scored it so high. Yeah, so we've got Game's Finest and they have said, Halpie shows that it doesn't necessarily need a huge open world or an endlessly complex story to create a good game. The combination of the sometimes super silly humour and the detailed worlds have ensured that I have become a real fan of Nate and Nugget, even though I still encountered one or two bugs. The game doesn't have to hide from the big platformer heroes at all and provide several hours of fun. 
I'm curious to see if Nate and Nugget can establish themselves in the world of Spyro and Crash Bandicoot, and if we'll see more of the likeable duo. Okay. Uh, that's just a short synopsis of the review. There is a, a big review um, if you want to head over to Open Critic to read the full review on that, but that's just a brief idea of what they say. Nice, nice. So do you want to um, cover the other 9 out of 10, or should we just move on to Xenoblade? Uh, yeah, this one's only a small snippet. Yeah. Um, so, Hellpie is a 3D platformer that's crude, rude, and has some of the best locomotion in the genre, thanks to its uh, grappling gameplay. Uh, and the 7 out of 10 is probably very much in the middle of the two. Yeah, yeah. I just going to say, and Hellpie is ranked in the 44th percentile of the game scored on the Open Critic. Okay, fair. See... Bugs are a funny thing. Bugs and glitches, like some people get them, other people don't get them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a roll of the dice. Sometimes you will experience all the glitches and sometimes you'll experience none of them and then not understand why people are so angry that their game is full of bugs. But Fair enough. So next up, we've got a Whopper. And this is Xenoblade <laughs> Chronicles. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which... Uh, Came in at an 87. So, unfortunately, it's actually dropped down to an 86. Okay. Uh, Fair but enough. it's still, still high. Yeah, it's still high. It's still highly recommended as well at 93%. Uh, this has got 44 reviews, and this game isn't actually due to release of time of recording until two days from now. Yeah, we're recording on the 27th. It's not due to come out until the 29th. So, with 44 reviews, that's an incredible score so far. Um,. What we've got here, we've got 8, a 9, 7.3, 8, 9.5, 9, 93, 9, 9.1, 9. Oh, we've got a 7, 80, bookmark 4 out of 5. One, bookmark that one. Bookmark 7. All right, let's go for number 7. Uh, 7 out of 10, and this is Post Arcade, uh, National Post, uh, by Chad Safiar. I think I pronounced his name right. I'm really sorry I haven't, if you're listening. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicle 3 earns a modest thumbs up. It's undeniably huge, delivering good bang for your RPG dollar. And has some interesting ideas on its mind. It's no Final Fantasy or Zelda, but fans of sophisticated combat and Japanese storytelling should be well served. So it's still a good review. It's just got a lower review than 9 out of 10, 9.5 out of 10. Yeah. Um, we've got an essential here. I've never seen that before. I think some some places don't rank them by number. They rank them on like, uh, was it ACG on YouTube? Chat him rank stuff on like buy, wait for a sale, rent, or never play. Okay. Other places rank uh, rank on like uh, essential, non-essential, pick up in a sale sort of thing. Okay. Well, this is this has come up as essential by Eurogamer. Uh, Monolith Monolith Soft closes out its loosely connected trilogy of epic RPGs with its most adaptable, malleable and high-spirited adventure yet. Unscored, we've got from Polygon uh, by Autumn Wright. It delivers a story its creators have been building towards for years, a story about a boy who meets a girl who then find their own path and with it the poise to walk on in an endless sea under the boundless sky and that is no small thing. That really doesn't give a lot of you. No, no, it's like boy meets girl, they flip their bird to the rest of the world and carry on with their life. Yeah, I've heard that story before. Um, <laughs> Let's ignore that one. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I did watch the IGN review today uh, before we recorded, 
uh, and they're saying in there that like the the campaign alone is 150 hours. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot of game. Like I love my RPGs, but if any RPG goes, we're 150 hours. So I'm like, mm, I don't think I've got 150 hours left in my life. Uh, wow. So yeah, I don't know if I could give 150 hours to Xenoblade, especially since I haven't played two, one or two yet. Yeah. Was that IGN Italy or UK? I think it was just IGN Maine, um, so I don't know whether that would just come under IGN UK or... Yeah, tra- uh, by Travis Northup, IGN. Uh, that was 8 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, that would be the one I watched earlier. Okay, so I'll look at the full review for this one. I'll watch the video later on tonight. When it comes yeah. to over-the-top role-playing games, it's hard to beat. The bonkers world stories I've come to expect from Xenoblade Chronicles Saga with Xenoblade Chronicles 3, massive improvements have been made to combat quest design and the RPG sandbox, while retaining the absurd and awesome environments and a laser focus on great characters and an impressive, if convoluted, story, of course, while the third entry involves some key areas that make the epic journey more consistently fun than the two mainline games that came before. It also repeats some of the same mistakes, including sloppy writing, weak bosses and graphics that often leave something to be desired. Even so, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is already competing for the spot as my favourite iteration of this beloved series. So that's the first paragraph of... I can't remember what his name was now. First paragraph from Travis Northup's review from IGN. If you want to read the full review, pop over to IGN or Open Critics. It's actually the top review that you'll find on there. Yeah, uh, I think you should shout out people that are reading reviews from... Because uh, they do all the hard work while we just um, mock or analyse what they've said. But if you want to hear some people who have played these games, because we haven't yet, um, I had a little sneak peek at the uh, Max Level podcast script this week. And I uh, hope Brian doesn't listen because he might tell me after telling you this. But they are they should be covering Live Alive and Xenoblade Chronicles because I believe uh, one, if not both of them, have been playing some of these games. So if you want to get some hands-on impressions, Check those guys out. Nice. Now it's time for the draft. In this game, both players will take turns picking games and guessing scores. A lower score wins. And last week, we were very shy on the games available. Uh, we had three games, and one was a tiebreaker. Uh, Viz went with 77 on Live Alive, which got an 82, so that gives him a 5 points. And Sev went with Hellpire at 69, which got a 70, so that gave him 1 point. Uh, we did also bet on River City Saga Three Kingdoms. I bet at 74, Viz bet at 76, but it's currently got 7 reviews and no score, which is really odd, because I thought it only needed to get 3 reviews, above 3 reviews before it yeah. got an aggregate. But for some reason, I will refresh it. I'll refresh it again now to see if we've got an update. No, it's still seven reviews, no score. I've even had a look on Metacritic. Crickets are out again. I've even had a look on Metacritic, and it's <laughs> uh, and there's still no score on there either for any of the versions: PC, PlayStation, Switch. They just haven't got any scores yet. Fair, which is quite frustrating with seven reviews. Yeah, I would have quite liked to put this in the OCR, to be honest, because, uh, as I said last week, it was something I was going to pick up, but at £25, it was a bit rich for my blood. But if the if the reviews were all like, highly praising it, I might have been swayed. 
But nevertheless, uh, that means I finished on one point. Viz, you finished on five. So we are now tied. It is now 5-5. Five, five. And this week, we have seven games to pick from. They are Astronauts and Pirate Bots, Bear and Breakfast, Captain Velvet Meteor, Sweet Transit, Digimon Survive, Frogun, and Lost Epic. Uh, because I won, I'm going to pick the counter... Digimon Survive. <laughs> I'm definitely going to pick Digimon Survive. Um, a little disclaimer, I should be reviewing Digimon Survive, but I'm not getting a key for it, so by the time we record the next episode, the reviews will be up, so my score won't hinder what score comes from this. Um, I don't even know if we're on Open Critic. I just assume that everyone who does reviews gets gets onto Open Critic. But that might be something in the future that I have to kind of, if I'm reviewing a game, it'll be I won't be able to pick this game in the in the draft. But I digress. Um, the game I'm going to pick as the counter pick this week is Sweet Transit. Are you going to put Sweet Transit as the counter? Yeah. So okay. uh, that's the one neither of us can pick till the end. We're both going to have to pick a score on. Uh, and then the first okay. game I'm going to pick, I'm going to take Bear and Brett first, and I'm going to go with a 79. Okay. Fair. Okay. Um, I'm actually going to go with Frogun. Yeah. With 77. I am then going to take Digimon Survive. Um, and realistically, I should give it 100, but I'm not <laughs> going to give it 100. Where do I want this? I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a seventy-seven. Okay, that's actually close to what I would have given it as well. So. Yeah, I don't want to be like I'm really hyped for it, but I know a lot of people reviewing it might not be as into Digimon as I am, so I can't say that they will get the same amount of just like nostalgia and enjoyment out of it for for it being a Digimon game rather than being a game in its entirety. Fair. Cool. So, saying that, I'm going to take Captain Velvet Meteor. Yeah. So, I've had, I've had a look at this today, and I'm very intrigued. I'm going to give this an 81. Nice. So, this is that kind of, like, isometric, turn-based, attacky thing. Yeah. Um, I think this looks cool. It's not my type of game. Um, I think this looks cool, but the screen looked far too busy for me to keep up with whatever was going on in there. I was just like, everything looked really small. And everything that like big explosions and a lot of things, I was just like, I don't know if I've got the mental capacity to figure out what's going on in this. Um, yeah, I think it looked nice. It, like this isn't my type of game. The turn, like with the turn-based tactical, yeah, like advancement. It's not something I don't think I'm going to pick up. But I think it might do actually quite well. So that's why I'm going to give it an eighty-one. I like it. Respect, respect. So I'm next in a pick. I'm going to pick Lost Epic, and I'm going to go I'm going to go 75. Okay. Yeah. Which leaves me with Astronauts and Pirate Bots. <laughs> Cheers, dude. Yeah, I need a <laughs> bum pick of the, all of them. Like, this is this is either going to be okay, or it's going to shit the bed, so... No, I'm going to go in the middle. I've got, I've got my notes here between 73 and 76, so I'm going to go 75. <laughs> Fair, fair. So, if there was a Viz special, what would Viz special be? The Sev special, 72. What would Viz special be? 74. 74. Yeah. Nice. So then, 
if all if we meet in the middle, sweet transit. Um, <laughs> do you know what? I think it'll be pretty good. I'm gonna go a seventy-eight. Okay, I'm gonna go seventy-five then. Just to recap, Seb went. Did we get three games each and a tiebreaker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, three games in a tiebreaker. Oh, thanks for highlighting where I went first. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't see. I literally couldn't see the S. Um, yeah, Sav went with Baron Breakfast at a 79, Digimon Survive at a 77, and Lost Epic at a 75, and went with the tiebreaker Sweet Transit at a 78. Fears went with Astronauts and Pyrobots at a 75, Captain Velvet Meteor at a 78, at 81, and Frogon at a 77. Gosh, that's well distracted. <laughs> and then Sweet Transit at a 75. <laughs> And Sweet Transit at 75. Cool. When I edit that together, I'm going to be laughing at the whole thing. No one's going to understand why I'm laughing at it. <laughs> I know. I can, hear you, I can hear you laugh get bigger and bigger every time I was going down the list. Right. <laughs> he's, just, like, he's just highlighting every letter for me. You might as well like, highlight it like, one word at a time so I can read it out. Hidden Gems. <laughs> now it's time for Hidden Gems. We're going to highlight some games recommended for you. Biz, would you like to go first or second? Uh, do you want to go first this week? Because I'm really intrigued about this one. So this week, I've got a pick from one of the listeners, which is beautiful because uh, we keep saying, listeners, jump out with your gems. And uh, to be honest, on my bad, I should have picked this one sooner. But you know what? I haven't picked it sooner, by so someone else has recommended it to us. And that is the lovely Zanku Beer Jesus, the, tr- the truck driver that delivers beer around America. So shout out to you, Zanku. You are doing God's work. If you could ever deliver us, if you ever deliver us some beer, we'll love you even more. But the game Zanku recommended this week is the PS1 title, Legend of the Dragoon. Viz, are you familiar with this one? Uh, no, I'm not actually. Okay, so I will. Uh, I'll read what Zanku wrote to me. It's like, hi, Seb. I have a hidden gem to submit: The Legend of the Dragoon. It's a JRPG released for the PS1 back in 1999. I thought the storyline was excellent and it had a pretty good soundtrack. The graphics were pretty good for the time, for its time, and all the cutscenes were done in CGI, which looked great. The battle system was a standard JRPG turn-based, but with an added twist. It had what they called the addition system, which was a time-based system where once you performed your attack, Two squares popped up, with the one shrinking down to the other one. If you press the button when they overlapped, it would allow you to string another attack, performing a combo. As you leveled, you got more additions per attack that you could perform. I thought this was really, this was a really cool system. It made even the battles with weak enemies much more engaging and fun. A lot better than mindlessly pressing the button to attack. I really enjoyed this game and thought it was close to or just as good as Final Fantasy VII. I think this game might have got overlooked just a bit given that it was released in the end of the PS1's final year of its life cycle. And uh, like I wholeheartedly agree. This was a game I owned on PS1. Uh, I, I might have mentioned this one before when we went over the PS tier system and what games we play again if they got trophies. Uh, I used to own this. I managed to sell it for, I think it was about £100 because the PAL version is really rare. So I think that's what, it's probably like $125, $130. Um, I probably shouldn't have sold it. I probably should have kept hold of it. 
But yeah, this is a classic JRPG. I think it was kind of like a counteract to the Final Fantasy VII. There were a lot of companies that were like, we want to get on that Final Fantasy VII bandwagon and make something that blew up just like Final Fantasy VII did. But yeah, I love Legend of the Dragoon and it might be pretty hard for you guys to pick up but if it comes on the tier system or if you find a copy floating around remember that Seb and Zanku both said pick it up nice I like it it was really cool to be fair really really cool nice might be something I have to keep an eye out for but I don't think I can afford 120 quid for it though it's probably even more than that now yeah probably it was a while ago that I sold it so what have you got for us Viz this week I am bringing forward a game that I've just recently finished uh, the reason I'm bringing this one forward is because I had no idea what it was about until a couple of weeks ago this is the new Super Lucky's Tale uh, this was originally released in 2017 on my birthday in 2017 actually was it yeah, and this is from Playful Studios, Microsoft Studios, Unity Engine, and it's basically it was all made from Microsoft and the Xbox. Yeah. It was later released on PlayStation. It's got a lot of nostalgia to it. The reason I enjoy, enjoyed this game because I grew up on 3D platformers, Crash Bandicoot, Crash, uh, Crash Spyro, that's just to name a couple of them. Uh, past few years, there been a sudden resurgence of this type of genre, this gameplay, and there seems to be a lot more games coming out. And I mean, Lucky Tail has just hit the nail on the head with having that type of game coming back into mm-hmm. the market. And who knew that cats could be evil is one of the reviews I read on it. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, you play as a little fox called Lucky. Or he's been lost in this magical book. And he is in the line to become a guardian. And he has to find his way through the pages and find all the pages for this book. And defeating different types of cats on his way. It's got loads of different gameplay styles. It's got a 2D platformer, a 3D 2D platformer. It's got one of the ones where you get turned into a marble and you have to try and control this ball on a marble table while collecting all the coins and jumping over gap and you have to collect all the coins to be able to finish the level. But every time you move, the table below you moves, so it's trying to control that. Um, It's also got like different puzzle games in it where you have to move like statue pieces. You can only move one statue at a time, but there's six statues on the board, but you have to get three fox statues on the green pieces to unlock the level, but you have to manoeuvre all the pieces around the board one at a time to be able to get the fox pieces into the right space. So you have to like work with loads of different puzzle ideas to be able to make sure you move the right piece to get somewhere because pieces just slide. If you haven't got a piece blocking it, then it'll just slide past where the, the piece needs to stop on the green circle. So you have to think about what you're doing quite a lot. Uh, the other aspects they've got in the game is like the fox can burrow underneath ground as well. Right. So you can burrow underneath enemies. It's like when you're doing like the traversal levels where it's just one straight line, you've got like spike balls coming at you and you can dive underneath the ground to avoid it or you can double jump over it and then you've got a tail whip for attacking you jump on top of enemies to like defeat them and attack them it's just a lot of fun in the game like with all the game mechanics and work you have to do and i think within each level you have to collect 300 coins for a page uh the six different areas uh each area has a boss at the end of it and they're all different types of cats i think the one cat i'm trying to beat at the moment is called uh meow marmalade (laughs) yeah and she's a singer so she just very much reminded me of like uh lady marmalade and lady garden nice (laughs) 
So I did, um, I think I did play the Super Lucky's Tale, because they did, they did uh, Super Lucky's Tale, and then they did New Super Lucky's Tale, where they added some content to it. Um, I did play Super Lucky's Tale on the Xbox Game Pass a couple of years ago, but I'm not going to lie, like, I put five minutes into it, um, and I kind of just assumed it was like, oh, it's just a 3D platformer, there's not going to be much here, and I kind of just dropped it and moved on to something else, but I, I didn't realise there were all those kind of, like, going into 2D, doing marble levels, doing all this sort of like you say there's like mini games and stuff in it as well yeah there's some mini games in there and like the boss battles are very much like Crash Bandicoot boss battles you've got three sections so you get the boss will try and attack you on one section you have to avoid the attacks and they get closer then you can attack the boss then they jump jump back again do stronger yeah, attack yeah. scenes where you, where you have to miss it they come back so it's got that so you've got three lives to hit to be able to defeat the boss and it's that's just being brought back like the very original Crash Bandicoot on the PlayStation 1 and I stuck to the game I really enjoyed it it's very simple it's very kid friendly um, it's got a great music track to it and I've had a lot of fun with it and the reason I brought this as a hidden gem is because I've, I missed this completely with it being out two years ago so if, if I've missed it then a lot of people have Fair, fair, eyes on the prizes. Um, yeah, so just to uh, wrap it up quickly, did you, where did you, did you pick this up or did you get this on, uh, is it on the PS tier system? Uh, it's not on the PS tier system, I brought it on the PlayStation Store before the tier system and I think I got it for twelve ninety nine. it was in the same. Okay, that's a pretty good price to be fair. Nice, nice, wicked. Uh, easy up, I'd recommend it. And now it's time for the segment that I'm calling this week, Ranky Panky. <laughs> That's right, it's time to rank everything. On the block this week, chosen by me, chocolate, childhood TV shows, sack taps, RPGs, and as promised, this fucking list. As promised? Who did you promise that to? Oh, last week I was, oh, I think for the last two weeks I've been really unhappy about door handles and knobs being at 14, 12, 13, 14. So I said last week that Next week, sneak preview, I'm going to rank the fact that we ranked that really <laughs> highly. Um, so I just decided rather than rather than ranking that single rank, we're going to rank we're going to rank this list inside okay, this list. Fair. Yikes. <laughs> Which would you like to take first? I'll go for RPGs. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful. So, RPGs. I love RPGs. I love JRPGs. RPGs I'd put at number one. Fair. I'm, I'm not going to hate that, to be honest. <laughs> Fair. So, yeah, do you know what? I'm not going to hate on that at all. Let's just give the, the fans of the fans a little bit of something. What are your favourite RPGs? Jade Cocoon, nice. Final Fantasy, um, Ghost of Tsushima, Horizon. Yeah, I, I'll take I, them as the, RPGs. The list, <laughs> I, the list is endless because there's, lo- there's so many different RPGs. RPG games out there, and there's still one that I'm in the will be playing over the next couple of weeks. So that's Near Automata. Yeah, Near Automata. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else was there? Going to be playing? I don't know. I could go on. Sorry, I could ramble on with that for weeks. What about yourself? Um, see, I very much. I'm a big level five guy, so I love. Uh, as I said before, I love the Inazuma RPGs. I love Dark Clay, Dark Chronicle, Rogue Galaxy. I love Dragon Quest. I love Fallout. I love. Do you know what I mean? I love. I love so many RPGs. I like. I love video games, but RPGs have <laughs> this like inherent ability because they're usually so long that you can kind of sink yourself into them 
and they sort of like because they build and you build your character up that you kind of you get so invested in this entire story um and yeah RP- rpgs to me is where the magic of video games like really lies so yes definitely to put this at number one like i'm super happy i would have settled with it anywhere below 15 if you're happy for number one then rpgs at number one mate. no yeah, it's definitely high on my... It, it's got to be at number one because there's so many different aspects of RPGs that you can build into a game. And, and the lists are endless, like the mechanics that you can put in, the abilities that you can put in. Yeah, you can just go on and on and on. Yeah, there's a reason why um, a lot of games today have quote-unquote RPG elements, but just RPG does it right. I'm going to pick Chocolate. Okay. And this might be controversial to say, but I know the... Uh, the American audience listening might not like to hear this, but UK chocolate is actually <laughs> far superior than American chocolate. There is something to do with oh, def- uh, something to do with the like ingredients laws of like what you can use over there against what you can use over here. UK chocolate is vastly superior. What well, What's your favourite chocolate oh, bar? Oh, a Whisper Gold, or Kinder Bueno. Oh, Kinder Bueno, yeah. Do you know what? Like recently, I've been going for Boost Bars. Arrows are good. Even the Mint Arrows are really good. See, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the Arrows. No, but I, I prefer Whisper over an Arrow. It's still like airy chocolate, isn't it? But yeah, White Chocolate Cadbury's. Nice. Did you see? Um, they've just announced like a limited run of like, is it caramel Toblerone? Oh, they haven't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether that uh, was like a uh, I don't like Toblerone or uh, oh my god, do you like Toblerone? I've got four bars of Toblerone. <laughs> I've got an orange one. I've got a white chocolate one. I've got the original yeah. one, and I've got a dark chocolate one. So what? Are you not eating them, <laughs> or just you not got around to it? I just not go around to it. Every time I see one, I pick oh, okay. one up because throughout the year they rise yeah, in price. Yeah. So when I see them cheap, so I, I need to pick one up there and then, even though I don't want it right there and then. <laughs> Maybe you can uh, maybe you can make a trade if anyone wants to uh, donate a donor or donate some spumoni. You'll donate one of your limited edition Toblerones. How's that sound? Oh, definitely. Did you see that post? I hope this is real. Kinder Bueno Rolo. Kinder Bueno Rolo. Yeah. I made that would be that would actually be incredible. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I like these? Uh, like are they like Kinder? Like Bueno Maxi bars, like just the li- the little bars of chocolate, but they're like hazelnut oh, the, cream or something. The mini ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You buy them in a pack of like twelve or sixteen. They're all yes. Look, you can always find the mini size or the medium size. I've never found like a large size of them. <laughs> I'll find a large. There's gotta size. be some somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I will buy the large size. If you buy a pack and there's like twelve in a pack. I'll eat the whole pack in one go. Oh, yeah, definitely. They go to work, me, and I don't think they'd make it to work. <laughs> eat them all on the <laughs> way, like. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, chocolate's really nice. Chocolate's really nice. Like, sweets are really good in the summer. Sweets and crisp are really good in the summer. But chocolate in the winter with a cup of coffee or just on a rainy day, like, you can't beat a nice bar of chocolate. Oh, mate, we we said no salivating tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I had to bring some food along. Um, so, where would I put chocolate? Personally, if I was to put chocolate anywhere, I think I'd go chocolate bomb Netflix. So, chocolate at number 10, 
or just below Netflix? No, do you know what? I'd personally go with Chocolate at number 10. How do you feel about I, that? I'd take that. Yeah? Well, that was easy. I didn't think I'd have to be... I didn't think it'd be that easy to convince you to put Chocolate above uh, a Donna Kebab. I, oh, I do love Chocolate, though. It's e- It's a lot easier to... You can't, like, go to work with a Donna Kebab, can you? Well, you can, <laughs> but... Badly packed kebab. <laughs> Won't be as easy to eat. <laughs> it's just like it's just nice snacky food. It is, yeah, yeah. Okay, so on that note, I am going to take childhood TV shows. Yeah, this one is very much like a, a nostalgia pick. Yeah, so I think child childhood TV shows are very important to like any age, really. Like my kids now, they haven't got a clue about the TV show TV shows I watched when I was younger, unless mm-hmm. they've been revamped, like. Postman Pat now is nothing compared to what it used to be. Okay. And the Clangers show my age a bit now. <laughs> the Clangers were on their last legs when I when they were on TV. Uh, Bill and Ben, the Flower Pop Men. I mean, you'll, you'll go really old school with this, yeah. Yeah, no, this is just off the stuff that I was given to watch when I was a kid because it, they were recorded. And, but going to an age where Sky first came in, it was like it was all Cartoon Network, so Tom and Jerry. Which is still going today. But did you not get like uh, Dexter's Lab and Johnny Bravo? Uh, Ed, Ed and Ed. Yeah, yep. Uh, Recess. Okay, well. yeah, yeah. Hey Arnold. Yeah, I know Kyle's a massive fan, a fan of Hey Arnold. Yeah, what else was there? Uh, Power Rangers used to be a big thing when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I used to watch that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Scooby Doo. So the old school Scooby Doo is the best. You cannot beat it. Like all this new stuff they've got at the moment, it's absolutely horrendous. See, to be fair, the last modern Scooby Doo thing I watched was uh, uh, Scooby Doo Goes to WrestleMania. Um, yeah, but that was just because it was Scooby Doo crosses with wrestling. But for me, I was um, as a kid, I very much looked forward to things like Mysterious Cities of Gold. I loved Captain Planet. I loved like. These weird one, these weird little cartoons, eighties cartoons that just came out, eighties and nineties cartoons that just came out to sell toy lines. Yeah. So like Captain Planet, Pirates of Dark Water, and then I also loved like Biker Mice from Mars. We got the X, obviously like the Marvel stuff, the X Men cartoons and the Spider Man cartoons, and the, you've got to give a nod to like Batman the animated series and then the Justice League yeah. and you know like when stuff like. Um, when all the other TV shows came on on the the Saturday morning run that weren't He-Man or Captain Planet or Biker Mice from Mars, like I'd be very very disappointed. But yeah, you give me something like X Men, X Men, Spider Man, Batman, somebody's just like Good versus Evil, Anthropomorphic, even like fucking Street Sharks. I don't even remember that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I do remember Street Sharks. Yeah. Love those. Even Biker Mike's and Mars, I absolutely love that. It was only ever on once a day. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, do you remember Milkshake? Was that like that was a like a Channel Five sort of airing yeah. thing, wasn't it? Yeah, Channel Five airing, which was normally on a Saturday morning. Yeah, Milkshake. That was it. They'd have the some presenter on, and they'd um, like you could send in your drawings and stuff. Very much like um, over in the UK, we had like. Live and kicking, and was it CITV? Was it CITV Live or SMTV Live? Or like Anne and Deck and Cat Daily? Yeah. Cat Daily, and they play games like Wonky Donkey and stuff like that. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's my and childhood, then, mate. And uh, 50-50 and what was it? Pat Sharp. Oh, 50-50 was brilliant. Yeah, Pat Sharp's Fun House and all this sort of stuff. Mr. Blobby as well. <laughs> Mr. Blobby. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, as I said, this is very much like a nostalgia pick. I think I think we might rank this highly just because of how good... I mean, it's just got so remember, many memories. Yeah, remembering back makes you feel... But, Young. <laughs> yeah, it, it reminds you of the time when you weren't so old, you didn't have to pay bills and life didn't suck, but they were pay-ho, I digress. So where where would you like to put this, Liz? I I I I'd want to put it in the top ten. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be high, quite highly ranked. I put it in the top ten. So I'm thinking because of how Netflix is going and the amount of different stuff they've got on there and being updated, I think it's going to be have to be above Netflix. So okay. that's why I say in the top ten. I would say number five, right in the middle. Yeah. On, let's do it. I'm feeling. I'm feeling. I'm thinking about Captain Planet, and I'm feeling warm and fuzzy. Let's put um, childhood <laughs> TV shows at number five. Okay, so what's your next pick then? So my next pick is Sack Taps. <laughs> Did you get the reference of what a Sack Tap is? Uh, I think I've got a brief idea, mate. Yeah. So if you ever had a Sack Tap, um, you'll know this is fucking horrible. But essentially. I called it Sack Taps because when I write the synopsis for this episode and post it to Anchor and everywhere else, if I write getting hit in the bollocks, um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it'll get flagged for something, yeah, for obscenities. Uh, but yeah, a Sack yeah. Tap is essentially getting hit in the bollocks. Um, bit of a nutcracker. Bit of a nutcracker. And this is awful. <laughs> like, I know people, they do the common thing, like, what's worse of, like, going through labour or getting kicked in the balls. And uh, to be honest, like I've never gone through labour, but I've been kicked in the balls many, many times. I've uh, hit my balls many, many times, and it sucks ass, mate. Yeah, very much. I, I, I've done it quite a few times at work when I've tried to like get around the corner quite quickly and not realised how close my sack was to a certain <laughs> edge of the edge of the counter. And... I've trapped me nads in between. Yeah, ow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to the... it's, it, it's not comfortable. No. I've crossed my legs right now, now. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's one of those things where if you say, like, I'm oh, getting, uh, getting your foreskin caught in your zipper, like, instantly oh, you go. Oh, man. <gasps> like, it's not with that, no. Like, if... It's just got that cringe aspect. Yeah, yeah, like, that's that's the worst thing in the world. Like, if we ever ranked that, then it's going straight at the bottom. Like, <laughs> I, I cry thinking about that. That's fucking horrible. But, yeah, all our fridges at work are all of that, like, that right height for me, that if you open the fridge too fast, or if you forget the fridge door is open, then, yeah, you're definitely getting a sack tap from the fridge door. It's if you're not horrible. concentrating on anybody else that's around you and they don't realise that you're standing so close, it it goes in even harder. It does, yeah, yeah. That door swings open and you go, <laughs> you're going to try and continue with your life while you've just been hitting the nuts. <laughs> nah, nah, mate. Straight on the floor. Yeah. So, um, getting hit in the bollocks slash sack taps, I think is worse. It's definitely worse than shitting yourself, right? Definitely worse than shitting yourself, right? Yeah. Like those, those balls are sensitive. Like you don't even hit them hard for it to hurt. It's like a gentle flick, and it's like, wow. I'd definitely rather get something in my eye than get hit in the balls. 
I wouldn't necessarily. I'd rather take a kick in the balls than have to deal with a day of a heat wave. So I think you mm-hmm. forty eight above sand is getting hit in the balls better than sand. No, it's gone at number fifty, mate. Yeah, yeah, number fifteen. It's yeah, sack taps. No, I yeah, it, it can't go above sand. Sand. I'd rather have sand in my eye than get hit in the knackers. <laughs> hit in the knackers. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So then the last thing we need to put in this list is this fucking list. Yeah. And uh, I think what we'll do is we'll post this list every, like, 25 iterations, if that makes sense. Yeah. So when we get to 75, just posted in the Discord, uh, us getting to 50. When we get to 75, we'll post it again. When we get to 100, we'll post it again after that. Nice. There's some real odd and what I think are mistakes in this list. Um, and I'm not saying we should rearrange this list, but are there any are there any personally to you in this list that you don't feel are where they should be? Bearing in mind, we, do, we are doing this list like periodic, periodically. We're only doing it five a week, so there is going to be some strange adaptations to what other people yeah. might think. So, yeah, I think there's probably some things here that probably shouldn't be there, but they're also ranked against other stuff. So as we've added more in, it's we've ranked other things in where we think they're better or below, and the numbers which are there, they're always going mm-hmm. to be changing. So looking at the list now, I think it's about right, but there is going to be like a couple of things in there that I might might change or rethink, but when we add something else in next week, then it's just going to move the numbers again. It's, so as I've said, uh, Dawn Handles or Knobs is now currently number 17. So it's going down, but there's definitely still mm-hmm. things I'd much rather have than Door Handles or Knobs. I'd much rather have morning coffee, rain, shorts, superheroes, meal deals, cheese, daytime naps, unicorns, hot sauce, flat pack, potatoes, and a cold shower before door handles and knobs. And then again, like all the way <laughs> down the bottom end of the list, I think Doritos, I'd much rather have Doritos than in between his Lego socks, thatchers, shopping carts. KPs and my birthday and housework and ice and ice pops. So yeah, we've definitely this def- this list is definitely not perfect. Um, and I think we need to. Do you know what? I think when we get to a hundred, here we're going to do a special a hundred bonus thing. If you're up for this, then yeah. once we hit a hundred, we'll do a we'll add another five things in. But each of us will have one one special move, and we can move anything from one spot to another spot. As long as it's not yeah. so outrageous, like as long as we don't go, I'm taking RPGs from number one and putting them at number 105, or we're not putting, or we're not just taking them out by going. I'm putting shit in yourself from 98 down to three. As long yeah. as it's like a reasonable move, then I don't mind if we uh, we give ourselves like a bonus switchy uppy. Okay, that's cool. And then uh, yeah. And then we'll have another special bonus in store for when we hit a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> the list that never ends. I should be like, I don't know. This thing can go somewhere in the middle. You go, what, 500 or 541? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know, mate. I don't care. <laughs> somewhere in the middle of trees and uh, getting an electric shock. It'd be all right. Cool. So then uh, all we need to do now is pick a number for this fucking list. Where's it going? Number one. 
<laughs> you reckon this list is the best thing in the world? <laughs> no. I would say it's the best thing in the world, but it's our top priority. <laughs> to get this right. <laughs> Every week. So you think this li- this list is better than RPGs and dad jokes and days off? Definitely not. I was just taking the back. Yeah, I, I know. This... I, I just... I... <laughs> Just generally seeing whether you wanted to go so hard in on this that we put this list at number one, or you're thinking it should go somewhere else. I think this list should go above above door handles and knobs. Yes, everything better <laughs> than door handles and knobs. <laughs> fuck door handles, fuck knobs. So running over what we added, RPGs is now number one. Childhood TV shows at number five. Chocolate is at number 11. This fucking list is at number 17. And Sack Taps slash Getting Hit in the Nuts is at 52. Oh dear. This list is crazy. It's not getting any better, is it? No. We'll just have to stay tuned for next week to see what else we're adding. So thanks for listening to our ramblings. Come and find us on the RPG Era Discord. Please reach out to us with your rankings, hidden gems, and trailers. I'm still Viz, he's still Sev, and we've made enough noise for this week. Goodbye. Bye.